This is another road journal from myself. Uh, I'm in Kansas City here at the big stadium, if you remember that from the last episode. So another topic that came up in the conversation we're having here that I, I thought would be fun to go over is the idea of pair programming. Now, back when I was a young programmer, I didn't actually do pair programming. And my, my friend Charles, who you might remember from uh, the old Drunken Retired podcast, and he's got his own podcast now, he, he's a big fan of pair programming. And he started doing it at ThoughtWorks, and he does it at his company. And of course, at Pivotal, the, uh, the labs people are really into pair programming. Now, you know, most people, like when you look at, uh, there's a Gartner survey that shows like, I don't know, 8 or 10% of people actually do pair programming. Uh, most people really don't like it. It just seems like literally and figuratively a very odious task. Uh, you know, I wrote up a piece on this for my register piece last month. And man, you can read the 50 some odd comments. And a lot of them are basically like, this sounds terrible. I don't want to do it. Like people just don't want to go through it. But, you know, now that uh, especially that I talk with Pivotal customers a lot, and uh, I've heard a lot of examples of how pair programming works out and how people like it. So I just wanted to kind of go over some of the things that I've seen. So the first effect, and this is more than just developers, but it's a, I mean, it's, it's a little counterintuitive, but the effect that you see is organizations that are pair programming, they find that they get a lot more work out of their developers, which at first sounds tailor, you know, tailoring, uh, like motion stuff and sounds terrible. But what ends up happening is because you have a pair, you can't really like get inter interrupted to do IM and you don't really go to meetings that much and you don't goof off doing email or as someone put it here, you, uh, you know, you spend those two hour uh, architectural research rat holes and at the end of two hours, you found a lot of great animated GIFs, but you're way off topic from what you were originally doing. So there's a lot more focus you have with the pair. You're actually working almost all day and you take breaks throughout to make sure you don't burn out and you actually only work like, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day or whatever, you know working late. But this has two effects. One, people actually uh, work less than those late nighter things, and they get on a regular schedule, and people tend to like that. But you end up getting in this astonishing case where you're, the developers are actually doing a tremendous amount more work, way more than what you would assume, like you're halving productivity by pairing people up. And now, you know, sometimes when you're doing pair programming, you have someone write tests at the same time as writing code and sometimes not. I mean, what happens with inside a pair is there's a lot of uh, learning going on and checking and reviewing of the code and, and testing and co-figuring out things. And this led to another thing that, that someone highlighted as an interesting effect is there's a lot more risk taking, which leads to a lot more innovation. So you have the safety net of someone else who sometimes might be more junior or more senior. And essentially that allows you to do more risky decisions and to try new things out. So you end up up doing more innovative work with them. And that, that brings up another topic, you know, what's the motivation for senior people to pair, right? Like, why would they stoop so low, so to speak? And there's another interesting effect that you have that if you think about that focus that you have, that you spend less time answering emails and IMs and attending meetings and in the sort of ticket madness, ticket hell, as some people like to call it. Now, senior people often get pulled into these things. People want to use their knowledge and ask some questions. But when they're pair programming, one, they don't have time for that, so it cuts down on, on that time that they have to spend, meaning they code more. And two, they're actually diffusing the knowledge out, so they're no longer a roadblock, a silo for knowledge, which might freak people out. But the end effect is that not only do all the programmers, but especially the senior people who don't get a chance to code very much, they get to do what they really love doing, what they were hired for, 
which is write code. And this is really the morale effect that I, I've been hearing about people getting with pair programming is people love the fact that they're now writing code most of the time. And in fact, when people go back from experiments or working in pivotal labs or thing like that, I often hear that they, they're like, please don't make me go back. I want to keep doing this. I love doing the pair programming, uh, which, which, you know, is, is a bit of folklorish, but I, I can see how that would pan out. Now, the last thing, there's a uh, there's there's a great talk from uh, from uh, someone at H H uh, H C S C, which is basically uh, it's it's a big company that has several uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield companies statewide. It's this guy Mark, and he's giving a talk of how they transformed their their approach to software. And he said on their first project where they were doing pair programming, they would estimated nine months to do it, uh, that they would finish with the project. And then they finished in about six weeks, and they were astonished. And what they realized, if you go back to that productivity raise that you have, that people were spending so much time coding, and they realized that most of their developers had spent a lot of time on non-coding tasks when they were solo coding. But with this new approach and having the discipline that you get with pairing of actually focusing on that, they were able to get this huge boost. And this this goes back to what I talked about on the, the previous uh, road journal where um, essentially uh, it's a good way to build up a success, right? So if the original estimate was that it's going to take nine months and you do it in six weeks, I mean, you don't have to be a, an Excel wizard to kind of do some math on that about how much cost savings there is and more importantly, how many more projects you can work on after that. So you can get a tremendous amount more value out of your developers. And it also kind of points to the waste that you have uh, with your developer resources or people as they would prefer to be called. So you know, pair programming is always a little difficult at first. There's there's a, there's a good write-up by a, uh, a Perforce person who uh, was adopting pair program. If you look in that register article that I wrote about how it was very exhausting at first, right? He would The first few weeks he did it, uh, he would have to go home and just tune out. Um, you know, a bit, a bit of an introvert like myself there. I always like to kind of slink off after a lot of reaction and, and recharge by just th- hearing my, myself think, or I guess in this case, talk to myself. But after a while, you start to get so much efficiency, and that efficiency is great for the organization, but you're also doing good quality work doing what you like, which is coding. So it seems like pair programming is uh, is a pretty good good idea along the way. There's there's one last bit to just add in at the end. You know, someone asked, uh, so architecturally, how does this stuff pan out? Like, how do you have architecture reviews? And, you know, there's still architectural review, uh, the, the person answering the question was saying, but because you have pairs working, you end up doing a lot less architecture and you can push down architectural and design decisions to the pairs and trust them to do things. And then especially once you add in rotating pairs, like switching pairs instead of having them being dedicated, you know, you get the, the, ex, the effects you'd expect of having a lower bus number because you've diffused the knowledge and having uh, more trust and training people up. And like just in, in summary, basically, even though pair programming seems like a really uh, bad practice and really annoying, it's what I've been seeing organizations that are very successful do, not only in development, but also in operations and in other practices. Uh, you know, I think two heads are definitely better than one in this case. If you uh, have enjoyed this little Cote Show diary, uh, uh, there'll always be some more. You can go to Cote.show and you can subscribe to the podcast uh, and, and get these along with other conversations that I have with people at organizations who are looking to change. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm just Cote, C-O-T-E. And with that, we'll see you next time.